Are you tired of losing your rights and freedoms? The Alberta Prosperity Project has a solution for you. Join the community and learn more at albertaprosperityproject.com. And with you on board, we can achieve freedom and prosperity for all of us. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, October 13th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, folks, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Please do. Yes, I shall. Do you know that today is National No Bra Day? <laughs> wow. And my co-host and I celebrated it yesterday. I did it in a bigger fashion, however. That's true. He is the warrior of Whitby. He is the Khaleesi of Durham Region. He is high energy Andrew Chapados, how you doing there, my friend? I'm doing well, David Menzies. I don't know why. I, I don't live in Whitby, but I am from Durham. Uh, same thing. Whitby, all Oshawa, Ajax, Ajax, Pickering. Yeah, I, I, yeah, the, the whole thing. Yeah. I will be heading. <laughs> I will be heading. I almost said heteroing. All this talk about the teacher. How dare you misgender me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will be heading down to the Dirty Schwa. I think next week to investigate the. Uh, they've got a noise box underneath a bridge to keep homeless people away it emits a high-pitched noise so i'm sure i'll be yeah so i'm sure i'll be interacting with some lovely homeless and or high intensity drug users while i'm down there why would they stay there when john tory at the city of toronto has the entire novotel hotel um available for them on the esplanade <laughs> which by the way folks has made the life a living hell for the tax-paying citizens who live in the Esplanade and the businesses, uh, crime is rampant, drug paraphernalia anyways. But hey, I I think the Novotel, that must have been at least a three-and-a-half, four-star hotel. I don't know why they just don't commute a little westward. <laughs> well, maybe we could get one of those high-transmitting noise emitters to deter you from coming here as well. <laughs> I would love that. Um, and also, we're going to get right into your cross-dressing in a moment. Oh, I'm okay. right off the bat, Fantastic. but uh, my show had a little bit of a new format. We filmed it yesterday, and it actually ended with <laughs> David Menzies as Kayla Lemieux being interviewed <laughs> by Ben Bankus, who's also dressed up as her and done videos with Alex Stein, for example, out of the U.S. So we had two impersonators of Kayla Lemieux doing a video together, and that's only on Rebel News Plus tonight. Yes. Don't you dare miss it, as Billy Redlines used to say. But before we get into uh, the shenanigans, okay. Andrew, uh, usually my beloved co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, right. lays down the rules. I can yes, do that. there has to be rules, even when you're dealing with uh, YouTube based in the U.S., which, of course is governed by the First Amendment, you know, that silly free speech <laughs> thing. <laughs> so <laughs> this 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 entity, which has already demonetized us, we, we don't want to be deplatformed mm. uh, because, you know, I've said this before, uh, Andrew Chapados, you might know what I'm speaking of. My relationship with YouTube is kind of like my relationship here in the GTA as a commuter mm. with uh, Highway 407. My God, I love how it moves me, and I'm never in gridlock, but wow, do I get a nice surprise at the end of the month <laughs> when my bill comes, right? So it's a love-hate, and much like YouTube, we have over 1.5 million subscribers. That's fantastic. That's great reach, but they're a governor onto, in, in terms of what we can say and can't say. Indeed, they are, David Menzies. Yes. We're on YouTube. We're on Rumble. We're on Getter and Odyssey. And on Rumble and Odyssey, you can send us chats, uh, Odyssey hyper chats and Rumble rants if you want to ask us questions, uh, give comments, links, suggestions. There's always insults for me. I implore them. <laughs> I, I love it when you guys do that. Ask David Menzies about old movies or Planet of the Apes we often talk about for some reason. Anything you want, really. And you can send it through a hyper chat. That or uh, was, Rumble Ram. By the way, sorry to interrupt, Andrew, but that, I think, was your greatest tweet ever. It really made my day when you sent out a tweet saying, I have just learned more than I ever wanted <laughs> about the Planet of the Apes movie series thanks to a five-minute discussion it's not, with the mess. <laughs> it's not more than I ever wanted to. I'm interested in these. See, I didn't know there was an underground, <laughs> underground society in the old Planet of the Apes movies. I've only seen all the new ones and then... Segments of the old ones on TV. I never watched one of the old ones entirely. Um, the costumes are so bad. Um, oh, I disagree. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. We're going back to the original Planet <laughs> no, no. of the Apes, 1968. Um, those monkey masks took about 
five hours to put on. Remember, whoa, 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 whoa. you see, you grew up in the day and age of CGI. Uh, I'm old school. You had to do the stunts with stuntmen. You had to do makeup. You you couldn't. Uh, well, I don't want to give away the the ending of Planet of the Apes, but they <laughs> no, had to no build a certain yet. structure, not CGI it into the beach. So, um, Andrew, I totally disagree. That was a groundbreaking um, movie in terms of uh, makeup. Uh, to say I'm actually least. not a huge CGI guy, and I'm a huge fan of the original Ninja Turtles, which is oh. costumes with animatronic heads. So there was uh, actual ninjas inside the costumes, sweating to death, performing all these athletics. I walked out of that movie. You walked out of Ninja it's Turtles so bad. one. How it's so bad. <laughs> I feel it's the like best on the one set of all of them. Siskel and Ebert right now. That's insane. Let's oh move on before yes, this absolutely. takes too much time. So tell us what you did yesterday. You came in as Kayla Lemieux to my set, and we interviewed you. That's on Rebel News Plus tonight. Then what happened? Where did you go? Okay, so the backstory here, folks, is there is a shop teacher called Carrie Luc Lemieux, now going by Very Kayla French. Lemieux. Oh, I, indeed. And um, it's made worldwide headlines. Uh, not so much the local media, because the local media, um, they, you know, champion ra mm -hmm. radical transgenderism. <laughs> but even they... Even they know something's not right here. So instead of investigating this story like we're doing, they're ignoring the story. So, yeah, your tax dollars hard at work. Um, there's been a few exceptions. There's been a, a story here and there in the, in the National Post and the Toronto Sun. But it comes down to this. Uh, this man is wearing giant prosthetic breasts. He is breaking every shop rule in the book. Uh, he, uh, these breasts are barely contained by see-through blouses. Uh, you know, the nipples are apparent. If th that was a female student at Oakville Trafalgar High School, folk, she would be suspended. Guess what? The dress code does not apply to the faculty. How does that make sense? But here's the deal. There are three possible explanations for this. One, this is a male um, genuinely transitioning to a female. I reject that because I think those in the trans community, whether you're going male to female or female to male, you're doing it in a subtle fashion, wouldn't you say, Andrew? You want to blend in. You don't want to come across as a grotesque caricature of a female, uh, someone that would be uh, at home at a, uh, a drag queen show. So I discount that. That leaves us with two other theories. There's been chatter on social media about this uh, individual He's allegedly anti-woke and anti-gender uh, neutral bathrooms. He's spoken out about it, allegedly, and has had his uh, wrist slapped by the school board. And so the allegation is, oh, okay, you want to go um, all woke? Check out this. And that's the reason for the ensemble. The only other option is mental illness, Andrew. Uh, well, then. That he... <laughs> And if it is mental illness, we have to treat him. We Shouldn't have to be give him psychiatric help. Shouldn't be a teacher at all, I think, based on any of these scenarios. Yeah, but whatever whatever the case may be, it's a completely inappropriate wardrobe. Um, and the parents are upset. But this Halton District School Board, it might be the most woke and most incompetent school board in the province. And given that the Toronto District School Board is part of the province, uh, that's saying something. So I decided, because it kicked me out when I <laughs> went there at the last meeting, mm -hmm. and they were so triggered, they actually canceled last week's meeting. So last night, I went there, I said, hey, you know, in for a pound, uh, or sorry, in for a penny, in for a pound, let's go tit to tat, so to speak. <laughs> Let me get something off my chest. Okay, that's enough boob uh, metaphors. So uh, without further ado, I went there to deliver a, a petition that was signed by more than 16,000 of you uh, to stop this perversity going on at Oakville Trafalgar uh, uh, School. And let's see how the board reacted yet again. Can you believe the transphobia here, folks? Can you believe it? I'm trying to deliver a petition. Which one of you is going to take it? Which one of you is going to take it? What's that? Why? Why did you stop the show? Why did you throw your head under the bus? No normal person in their right mind would dress up like that and go teach kids. Come on. Are you guys okay in your head? Why is Oakville becoming the mockery of the world? What's wrong with you guys? Come on. 
Stop this. Get this teacher out of here. Get him out of that school by Monday for sure. What are you going to do? Who's going to take this? Who's going to take this? Who is going to take this petition? Can you believe? I have so many questions, David. First of uh, all, well, I'll answer the first one you're going to ask because I'm a bit mentalist. Those are Z cups. Okay, no, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> was there any objections to letting you in at the door? And, you know, it's funny. Somebody, despite that wardrobe, recognized me as David Menzies and said, you're supposed to sign in because you're media. And I said, how dare you dead name me? Uh, I am not uh, I am not that person anymore. And he didn't do anything. Did so you? I just waltzed in. What was your new, what is your new name? Memory Menzoid. <laughs> you know, there's many comments on the Instagram version of this video that think that it is the teacher that showed up. That is spectacular. You know, actually, Andrew, I got to tell you, for a security reason, I had that in the back of my head because I thought, what if there's some father who is so outraged? He thinks I am Busty Lemieux and I get a haymaker. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it was, um, uh, I'll admit, uh, Busty Lemieux is skinnier than I am. But uh, I guess when you have Zed Cup breasts, a white sheer top, and um, bicycle shorts. Yeah, I can understand why people would get confused. <laughs> well, you might want to start turning this into a real life, you know, a bit in the real world. You're walking around, you're getting groceries, and all of a sudden there's going to be guerrilla footage of <laughs> what they think is the teacher. Really, it was David Menzies the whole time, you guys, is what it turns out. But, you know, here's the thing. Um, this Halton District School Board has hoisted itself on its own petard, Andrew, because how can they um, tolerate uh, Busty Lemieux in a school that is full of minors and yet somehow ban me from attending a school board meeting that is full of adults? And the answer is they can't, but uh, they only had a certain amount of tolerance, Andrew, because uh, they all fled the building As for the usual, second time yeah. because evidently a thought crime at Halton District School Board <laughs> is asking an impolite question. And all I needed was for one of them to take delivery of that petition uh, that has the more than 16,000 signatures of it that, on it. They would not do so. And I also had a couple of questions. One is, uh, forget about transgenderism. Uh, as I said earlier, Andrew, how does a man teaching shop break every safety etiquette rule. Uh, no shop glasses, you know, uh, yeah. on uh, those breasts coming close to circular saws, long sleeves. These are all no-nos. So forget hair. about the ministry, the long hair, exactly, not in a hairnet or a bun. So forget about this being a ministry of education <laughs> matter. Split screen. It's a ministry of labor. You couldn't uh, get a pink shirt? Better. No, uh, it's, uh, you, you won't believe how um, troublesome it is to find uh, clothing that uh, fits <laughs> Zed wow. Compress. Uh, secondly, and this is very important, for several days when this originally broke in the news cycle around the world, this disgusting, despicable, horrible Halton District School Board purposely allowed another teacher at the uh, Oakville Trafalgar High School folks by the name of Stephen Hanna to be misidentified as Mr. Lemieux. And, you know, we, have, we even have the proof. I interviewed the director of education, Curtis Innes, he, him. And uh, when I was doing so, he was more concerned about me not misgendering mm. Mr. Lemieux by That's calling true. him he. Um, but when I used the names Anne and Lemieux, he had ample opportunity, as did Dr. Shuttleworth, as did the school, which I phoned and they hung up on me, to say, no, Menzies, your facts are wrong. Hannah and Lemieux are two different people. And I say, Andrew, this was done on purpose. They wanted mm -hmm. misinformation to go out there into the media to basically say, look, these guys can't get their facts straight. But they could have corrected this long before this got into the news cycle and they chose not to. So those two questions plus the delivery of my petition, I didn't get my questions answered. Nobody took my petition. They left the building. The parents were told to leave and then they were locked out of the school board. 
That's your tax dollars at work. And by the way, where was the director of education last night? Curtis Innes, he, him. Where was that wokester, that jokester? He was too cowardly to even show his face. And this is a guy, high six figures, drives a Tesla, um, and he has no accountability to the taxpayers. But you know what? What do you think, uh, my friend? Do we go back next week or whenever the next meeting is? I'm glad you're pursuing this. It's a story that I don't think should just be swept under the rug as much as they like. And I like how city council members, school board members, they're so arrogant in their position. Not all of them, of course, but certainly in this instance and in other ones we've seen, they're just like, oh, something's happening we don't like, we're just leaving. We don't have any, yeah. we're paid by taxpayers, but we don't have any duty to stick this out and hear concerns or people using their voice against us. We just can, we can just leave. Oh, the our job isn't required, like we, but we'll get paid, of course. And you're 100%. Uh, the school board said if any parents have questions, and there were a lot of parents there, that were angry parents that wanted answers to this ongoing freak show, which, by the way, even though that's in the newspapers the world over from India to Australia, um, that is not only not the lead agenda item, it's not even on the agenda. <laughs> not even on the agenda. Like, you know, uh, nothing to see here, folks, right? It's like Baghdad Bob back in the day saying, the Americans are not advancing the invasion. You see a US B-52 bomber <laughs> drowning him out as it flies over his head. So the thing is, they said, write down your questions, and they oh, would vet the questions. Of course. And they would choose which ones to answer and which one's not. And it would happen at, at about the three-hour mark of the meeting. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't you dare show this kind of disrespect, you miserable trustees at the Halton board. You are despicable. The people in that room pay your salaries. It's not the other way around. You serve them. They don't serve you. Don't treat them with disrespect anymore. And yeah, darn it, I'm going back. So know. zero progress on the story at all. They have no response to anything so far. They hope it is going to go away. The only thing I've heard from my sources is that behind the scenes, uh, I guess they're reaching out to the union. There might be a, a, a matter where union has to be consulted, but they're looking at addressing the dress code issue for teachers, right? Uh, if that is the case, Andrew, and they should be looking at this, why not be transparent? Why not say that? Why is everything being done in a star chamber at Halton District? <laughs> and the last thing I want to say is, you know, folks, October 24th, that's the municipal elections in Ontario. They will be horribly attended. The, you know, the voting turnout will be horribly low, as usual, especially when it comes to the position of school trustee. Here's what I'm asking of you. Reach out to the candidates and the incumbents wherever you live in Ontario, when it comes to school board trustee, and find out where they stand on this issue. Find out where they stand on wokeism and critical race theory and Marxism and radical transgenderism. You know, Andrew, last year, that's what happened in Virginia. And the school trustee position is the absolute lowest elected position in our democracy and in the U.S. And yet what happened in Virginia? Mama Bear woke up. And they came on mass. They were tired of CRTC and uh, CRT rather, and uh, critical race theory and uh, transgenderism and uh, Marxism being shoved down their kids' throats. And from that grassroots movement, the Democratic incumbent, who was considered to be a lock to get reelected, McAuliffe, he lost to the Republican Yunkin. So what I'm saying is, even at the various lowest levels, if you care. And if you come out and make your views known, you can have change at the highest level. Well, that's so much going on there, David. I hope it continues to go exactly how you want it to go. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. how do you want it to go? I want the guy, I want the whole school board to be fired. I want the teacher to be fired. I want the principal of the school to be fired. I want everybody who Thank has you. who's above this teacher in any sort of seniority, whether it's superintendent or comptroller or whatever. I'm not up to, I'm not boned up on my school board oh, positioning. <laughs> um, There's a punchline just that's right. dying to be said there, but those. I'll let it go past on plate. <laughs> they should all be fired. It's, if you... I agree. Hear about this story? Oh, there's a guy wearing giant prosthetic breasts teaching our kids. If your thought is not, well, if that's true, let's fire him. 
then you're an insane person or you're just so crippled by your lack of freedom of speech. And this is something we I had to teach Ben Banks about yesterday, taking him, <laughs> out, taking him out to do streeters. He's like, nobody wants to talk. They're all crippled by not being able to speak. And I'm just like, welcome to to journalism, David. Well, well you know, it, it depends on where you go. I'll tell you this, Andrew. Hopefully you didn't go to the corner of King and Bay. I did Young and Dundas. Oh, the that, hot that's spot. that's a good place because King and Bay, it's all these Armani wearing stockbrokers and yes. bankers and their time is so precious to them. They don't even say no comment or uh, don't have the time. They just swat you away like you're a mosquito or something. Worst intersection in Canada to do a streeter. But before we go on to compare how transgenderism is okay 24-7 in schools, but Halloween one day a year is not, we got to run an ad, folks. Check it out. Summer. Summer is over. Some are even saying it might never return. According to the Prime Minister, this is no time to be joking around. In Switzerland, they're saying you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. German guy. Germany. Germany never did anything wrong. Not that I can recall. Just like the doc said, don't ever go to 2020. Find out 30 years! Dr. Fauci. Yeah, it must have been him. Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines. If freedom isn't free, but it has the word free in it, is freedom dumb? Maybe it is, but at times like these, we can only look to our leaders to get us out of it. Rebelnewsstore.com Well, you know, Andrew, great ad, great spot. That wasn't me. That uh, oh okay then. Look well, you, how my hair is and look how thin I am. Well, you do look dapper with that hat on. I must say, I think it was you. But that clip of Justin Trudeau dancing, I I never know if that's the real Justin Trudeau dancing clip or the Radio Canada parody <laughs> of uh, him, which was just spot on. And of course, they got vilified and crucified for uh, mocking uh, the sugar daddy uh, that way. Uh, but if you Google that, assuming you can still find it on the internet, uh, when uh, the French service of CBC did a parody of that, uh, you really couldn't tell the difference <laughs> what, what the real dance number was versus the uh, the satirical one. But uh, Remember Canadian heritage moments? Somebody needs to start paying <laughs> for ads. <laughs> Doing paid ads of doing Trudeau heritage moments. We've got a question related to oh yes uh, the teacher, as I'm told. Okay then. Well, super producer Olivia. We're will still put it up. having TV troubles. I think I have it on my phone here. Well, um, the only I... reporter that's going to be able to read that type is Clark Kent, and I mean, uh, unfortunately, I that's not. No, I have ours. it here. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Judah Bursty says enough of Lemieux. If the parents had any backbone, they would all keep their children out of school. On a different note, I like Andrew's haircut. Well, thank you. Yeah, you are looking sharp. And I'm always sharp. Um, you know what? That's a great uh, um, point. Uh, they should do that. I would also say this. Why not have all the students um, wear massive fake breasts, male, female? <laughs> They're expensive, make, aren't they? And make sure. Well, but you can just stick balloons in there mm. and just, just make sure you're covered up because, as we said earlier, there's a dual standard dress code. So you won't be able to have protruding nipples or show cleavage or spaghetti straps. None of that. But, um, you know, j just wear enormous breasts covered by, hey, how about a burqa? And man, you are going to get the, the kids aren't brave enough for this. Oh, what well, we you know what? And I mean, they want you know, they I, evidently I understand the school is a shamble. Uh, sorry, that shop class is a shambles. Uh, kids aren't attending. They're goofing okay. around in there. And uh, how is that acceptable either? But I would say the reason why parents are terrified 
to make uh, to take their kids out, Andrew, is because in our woke cancel culture of political correctness, there is a fear that somebody will be outed. And if that person has a business, guess what? You know, the LGBTQ mafia does a, a boycott, <laughs> uh, does a demonstration there. We know we live in cancel culture. That's my theory as to why um, parents aren't uh, doing such a move. But I would do it. Let's do the rest of the chats now, and then people can send in more. Excellent. Uh, conservative Gen Z says for $10, hashtag no bra day is trending on Twitter currently. The timing is impeccable. <laughs> also, the second I saw David yesterday, I said to myself, oh, look, it's David Menzies before, sorry, before I saw his face. <laughs> Well, you know, Rebecca, you uh, either have superb eyesight or uh, enhanced woman's intuition, uh, because uh, as we discussed, there are people on social media saying, oh, the audacity, Busty Lemieux showed up. Yeah, I know. How could they get it wrong? How could that be Busty Lemieux trying to deliver a petition getting uh, hopefully trying to get Busty Lemieux fired? People don't <laughs> watch things before commenting. It said Canada fun. For $20, says, David, that video of you was so funny. A great look. Keep up the good work. Well, believe me, my friend. Inside, I was crying. <laughs> uh, Annalisa S. Annalisa1964 says, for $20, hi, Andrew, and big hello to my sweet Menzies. Oh, you know, Annalisa, do you still feel that way, uh, given my alter ego now? Do you? And there's also one from Shauna Marie G83 from yesterday who's talking about emailing us a link to Dr. Hodgkinson's reference. So thank you for that. There wasn't time to get to it or it was missed somehow yesterday. But keep your uh, hyper chats and rumble rants coming. We will read them throughout the show. Now we've got uh, Halloween outrage. We want to pull that up, Olivia. Parents speak up after Pennsylvania school district cancels kids outdoor costume parades. You know about this story? Yeah. And basically, you, you know, um, they're really lacking because uh, I, I remember back when I was uh, a freelancer. Um, this is early 2000s. I had a um, commentary in the National Post and it was about the six reasons why Halloween is not so much fun. According to, well, yeah, you guessed it, the Toronto District School Board, the former breeding ground of Curtis Innes, he, him, of uh, Halton District. <laughs> and it was um, it, it was so ludicrous. It was that, um, you know, dr you, you might scare someone. Uh, there's the socioeconomic thing. Some kids can't afford really good costumes or, or their parents can't afford to buy candy. It was a school board again, like this Pennsylvania one, seeking to fix a problem that doesn't exist. That's what these guys do. That's how they justify their salaries. Now, fast forward some 20 years, and here's the angle, I think. When you have this Pennsylvania school board that says no more outdoor costume parades, uh, that you know that, that's offensive for some bizarre, baffling reason, and yet... These schools will tell a minor, um, little Andrew, do you feel like Andrea? Well, that's okay. Sometimes. Wear a dress. We can look. Um, uh, we don't need your parental con uh, consent. We'll look at um, a hospital that might be able to slice and dice your genitalia <laughs> and uh, give you hormones. And so what I'm saying, folks, is that we have a society where a child, a minor, can pretend to be a member of the opposite sex, 24-7, and it's not only allowed, it's actually encouraged. And yet that one day of a year where a kid wants to be, I don't know, the werewolf or Dracula or Frankenstein, oh my goodness, no, we can't have that. How do you make sense of this, Andrew? You can't at all. And it, like you said about the uh, school trustee position, it, parents just have to start standing up. Um, it's You're able to overcome it. They had this big story out of, uh, Tennessee, where Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire was calling out the, the university there for their gender transition hospital that they have, or clinic, whatever they wish to call it. And they've actually ceased operations on children um, since this whole fiasco. So the power of the media, in a good sense, we all hate the media, even though we're a part of it, because um, 99% of them are crying online every day. I get so many mean comments on Twitter and emails. Yeah, boohoo. But there is a place for good journalism and activism that goes alongside with it. And 
if parents want to actually step up in Canada, like they do in places currently like Arizona and Virginia, like you spoke about, and so many other places where they've actually done it. And Alex Stein, who's a comedian that a lot of people, he rubs the wrong the wrong way, but he's shown up at school boards and made mockeries of them. And this is unfortunately some some of the route you have to do, just like yep. you did yesterday. You have to make fun of these people into the ground. They weren't bullied enough as children. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, Andrew, on your point of taking a stance, I think this is crucially important to get the pendulum swinging back the other way. Um, yes, there is cancel culture out there, but what are we going to do? Uh, live up to the motto, all that's necessary for evil to take lease is for good men to do nothing. And there are success stories out there. I was guest hosting for Ezra last night. My monologue was on PayPal becoming pay pirate on the weekend. <laughs> and look what happened, folks. If you don't know the story, PayPal decided upon itself that, uh, and it has something like um, 429 million users and merchants, that if they didn't like something you posted on social media, uh, they were going to fine you $2,500 US. Can you imagine? And I mean, the first question is, how can you justify such a huge fine? And, and the more important question, I should think, is who determines at PayPal, a financial conduit, what is and is not acceptable speech? I think going by our friends at YouTube, probably questioning the results of the 2020 election. Oh, no, no, no. That's $2,500, please. Although, feel free to question the results of the 2016 U.S. federal election. <laughs> and of course, uh, anytime you question the official COVID narrative, that's another $2,500 out of your bank account. Here's the thing, folks. There was so much outrage about this that PayPal quickly went into damage control mode. They lied. They said, uh, well, this was never meant to be policy. It was in the terms and conditions. You know, those pages and pages of legalese we never read and we just say accept. But somebody did read it and somebody found it. I also think this, Andrew, uh, PayPal probably thought in this climate we're in, not only would this be accepted, but it would be applauded by the usual suspects in the usual certain circles. And lo and behold, people en masse were canceling their PayPal accounts. The stock price, the last I looked, went down 6% mm -hmm. overnight. Big, big money there. And suddenly, uh, no, this is not going to be a thing. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. Mia culpa, mia culpa. Andrew, that's just uh, one example of standing up to an outrageous uh, example of wokeism. And guess what? We won. It's this tried and tested story of just do nothing and everything will be fine, I guess. I implore anyone watching to look up the words of their sc local school board, whatever region it is, and then put diversity, equity, and inclusion after, and you'll find that you're paying tax dollars towards, you know, as Kanye West puts it as a BLM hall monitor, has been hired to, you know, in Whit in Whitby, as you mentioned, they had a uh, <laughs> racialized um, Easter egg hunt. <laughs> or, what? Yeah. Can we find that story? It was um, diversity Easter egg hunt or, sorry, diversity uh, treasure hunt. Let me guess, uh, and I might be wrong, if you're a white heterosexual male, you're excluded? I don't know if that was the, pr the explicit rule. <laughs> what you're supposed to do is you go around and find... Um, uh, treasures, I guess, that were supposed to teach you about diversity and, and black history and stuff. Oh, we have that? I see. So instead of actually getting an Easter egg that you could eat and enjoy, you know, like one a, of those Laura Secord specials, uh, you get some wokeism. There we go. Throw that yeah. up, Olivia. Yeah, there you go. Region of Durham under fire for events of Black History Month scavenger hunt <laughs> no. to, for employees. So they try so hard to be like, well, it's diversity. And then some blue-haired white woman is like, this is what we need. Let's make $100,000 for that position. And I see they've accepted the new style rule, folks, where uh, black, black is, is uppercase, but not white. Oh, no, 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 no. And somehow that's justified. You know, Andrew, i got to tell you, uh, Tell me, David. My beloved bride, Lady Menzoid, mm -hmm. uh, moved from South Africa to Toronto as a high school student. Well, that was the accent she has. Yeah, indeed it is. Not Australian. And uh, they gave up a good life, and they gave it all up because they found the system of apartheid absolutely reprehensible, which it was. 
I mean, in fact, it, it, it's almost like that Jerry Seinfeld line. Um, if professional wrestling didn't exist, it would be impossible to invent it, right? <laughs> and the idea that whites would be uh, the have all the rights and privileges and the majority members of the country, namely blacks and uh, colored people, as they were called then, uh, would be second-class citizens in their own nation. It, it, it's preposterous. And what I see happening here is what my wife's family fled from, Andrew, it's coming back. Of course. It's, it is a version of apartheid. It, this sort of garbage that's coming into universities, employment uh, offices, school boards, you name it. Um, if Martin Luther King Jr. were alive today, this would make him vomit. This is not what he stood for. He wanted equality. He didn't want a kind of a reverse apartheid. And yet, again and again, that is what we are seeing here. It is completely racist, but the woke left progressive, actually, that's too kind for them. The Marxists don't want equality. They subscribe to, let's tear down society, build it back up as a Marxist utopia, which never happens, of course. And that's really, I think, what's at play here. Wolfie, talk about any of that stuff that the, the, uh, the left wing would have killed him sooner. But uh, <laughs> go go take a look at the other people in that movement and see why they need to use Martin Luther King. They were talking about killing Whitey a lot. The other, especially the the prominent women in that movie uh, movement. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. So um, I believe we have another ad break because I see um, in any event. super producer uh, Olivia teasing it, and uh, check out. The new kind of merchandise you can buy from our wonderful Rebel News store, folks. Well, again, folks, Christmas will be here before you know it. Uh, get those orders in as soon as you can. Lots of lovely merchandise. Now, um, oh, the, speaking of lovely, uh, <laughs> the Emergencies Act inquiry kicks off today. Um, that's on one hand, that's a good thing. On the other hand, Andrew, my spidey sense is tingling. Is this what they call in the UK a stitch up? A whitewash? That's not just your spidey sense tingling, David Menzies. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> some sort of Ill, serious illness. Rebel News has a huge team in Ottawa um, there right now. There are lawyers for other organizations in Ottawa right now. People are watching. So this is a huge deal because of it was the truckers. Um, bank accounts frozen. Alexa shot with gas canister. Yeah. Um, woman trampled by horse. Trucks destroyed. Uh, gas cans taken from people who were trying to help people stay warm at night. Horns were honked. That was then banned. You forgot the biggest crime against humanity. Uh, Bell Media's uh, soy boy Solomon was called a soy boy. And uh, Evan, Evan Solomon? Sol oh, yes. Oh, wait a minute. I haven't heard your uh, fervor, if that's the correct word, against He's, him before. Yeah, I'm sorry. That That's kind of all. I, I, I misnamed him because last week was his final day at Bell Media. Really? He is now working at the same outfit that Gerald Butts is the, I think, vice chairman of Eurasia Group. <laughs> uh, I didn't know he was that bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's in New York City. It's like, see you later, suckers. Uh, there's no sense pretending I'm uh, a, uh, a non-biased journalist. I thought he was a staunch, believable conservative. You know, who's just going to take back the country and, you know, help Alberta become free. Yeah. No, uh, money talks and you know what walks. But in this case, it is you know what uh, walking and talking. So, um, yeah, it's kind of funny how uh, mainstream media who had um, verbal uh, insults uh, delivered their way. Um, that caused them, like, you know, Evan Solomon and uh, Rachel Crymore to roll Soy up into Lemon, Yeah, yeah, yeah Soyleman. But uh, he's out of the journalism shtick. But, yeah, here's the thing, uh, Andrew. I said my spidey senses were tingling about the stitch-up. Our beloved colleague, Sheila Gunn-Reed, raised this in the morning meeting today. 
Folks, there are enough seats in the press gallery area to accommodate 50 journalists, but only 20 are being allowed in? Why? There is massive interest in this very important inquiry. Why are they limiting the number of journalists that can cover it by more than half? Because then they'd have to let more than just CBC and CTV and Global Mm -hmm. News in because Mm -hmm. they're not going to send that many people. The way the mainstream media doesn't think that this is anything is the way that I would think that, you know, like George Floyd isn't a big deal. That's right. I said it. Um, So if if you look at it from that perspective or choose anything that you don't think is a big deal that the mainstream media on the left in the U.S. or Canada covers with all eyes on and says this is the biggest deal of all time. Yeah, um, that's how they view it as the the commission. They view it as it's not a big deal. The government was right to lock us down. They were right to seize the assets and the bank accounts of people, you know, putting money towards this terrible thing. And there were casualties, but that's going to happen. Uh, just like it happens in, uh, you know, socialism, David Menzies. There's just going to be casualties of the state. There's no avoiding that. It's just for the greater good of COVID uh, prosperity. What's this video we have, Olivia? Let's play this and we'll see wh- uh, how we feel about it. Fantastic. This is the inquiry starting off. Everybody's there. Uh, Sheila's there. I think Ezra's heading down. Yep. Uh, William Diaz, as we call him, Big Willie style, or Wild Bill is there. Uh, Mauricio's going up there. Produce reference there. So many people. Let's play this. The public's legitimate right to know why the government proclaimed an emergency and whether the actions it took were appropriate. When Cabinet took the step of establishing this commission, as it was required to do, it set out an additional mandate. Our order in council directs the commission to examine first the evolution and goals of the convoy movement and border protests and their leadership organization and participants. Second, the impact of domestic and foreign funding, including crowdsourcing platforms. Third, the impact, role, and and sources of misinformation and disinformation, including social media. Fourth, the economic and other impact impacts of blockades, and finally, the efforts of police and other responders prior to and after the declaration. There is, however, an important caveat to this mandate from Cabinet. The Commission is asked to examine these issues, and I quote, to the extent relevant to the circumstances of the declaration and measures taken, end of quote. In other words, although these topics have been identified as worthy of attention, it is the mandate that has been given to us by Parliament that drives the Commission's work. While this inquiry will deal with a wide range of issues, its focus will remain squarely on the decision of the federal government. Why did it declare an emergency? How did it use its powers? And were those actions appropriate? Wow, there is a lot to unpack there, Andrew. Um, I will say this. Again, when he mentioned um, the analysis of misinformation and disinformation, uh, according to whom? How do you define misinformation and disinformation? By the way, might want to check how that worked out for PayPal (laughs) on the weekend. Um, The uh, impacts of blockades. Folks, let me tell you this. I did a story when I was in Ottawa uh, for several days covering uh, this um, uh, freedom convoy, as was Alexa, as was Lincoln J. And you know, Andrew, um, an interesting sidebar was that these were completely peaceful, as in 100% peaceful protesters. They were, you know, the common man driving the common van. And, you know, on those frigid days downtown, you would go from shop to shop to shop. I remember we were outside of Tim Hortons. All these people wanted to do, buy a coffee, get a muffin. And yet more than 95% of the businesses were shut down, even though there was more than 
100,000 people concentrated at Parliament Hill. It was a financial bonanza <laughs> for anyone who stayed open. And the one or two restaurants that did, they had lineups literally out the door. This is one of the biggest lies there is, that with that trucker convoy, businesses could not operate. No, they chose to shut down, maybe because they didn't believe in the ideology of the trucker convoy, but maybe because they believed in the disinformation and misinformation from the CBC and the Toronto Star, the Globe and Mail and Global News, that these were a bunch of anarchists coming in with trouble on their shirt. They were going to smash windows. They were going to harass staff. Nothing could be further from the truth. They just wanted to have a coffee and warm up on a minus 19 day. Um, so already uh, I'm very uh, distressed at you know at the way in which this uh, inquiry might go. And one last thing, Andrew, when the rubber hits the road, because even uh, members of the government they are they are under oath at this inquiry. I want to see the first time, and I suspect it'll be not the first time; it'll be several times, where they try to invoke cabinet privilege. I cannot speak on that because of cabinet privilege. And if that happens, this makes this inquiry a farce. Well, I would hope that there's some sort of um, method of forcing to answer, like in Congress, the only people that can can use that sort of uh, privilege are, I think, law enforcement's FBI, CA, and the like, and most other people in lower level government, um, as long as they're not part of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a committee, like the, mm. like the intelligence committee, for example, they're they're not allowed to just say, oh, I can't answer that. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. um, let's show this article from the National Post. We've got some more stuff to get to. Civil Liberties Group Concerned Liberals will not share all evidence. Yep. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. They're mo it's more than them concerned. And could we also throw up our website for this entire spiel? Yes. I'll go with that we're doing here in Ottawa. Because there'll be many a spiels. There'll be many at William Diaz reports. There'll be Ezra reports. There'll be Sheila Gunn-Reed live tweeting. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. That My thumbs is live tweeting. That's what that's going on is there. Um, and there'll be so many videos coming out because people are going to be watching this all across the world. I'm sure, sure there'll be a Tucker Carlson segment on it, maybe a Laura Ingraham segment. Um, even the Hill left-wing publication in the U.S. covered it last time. There's the page, and there's where you can donate. So please go to that. What was that website called? truckercommission.com. Thank you, Olivia. We've got so oh, much. By the way, before we go yeah. on, I just want to say the one question I am so much in anticipation to hear asked is to the right honorable public safety minister, Marco Pinocchio, or, I mean, Mendicino. And it's this, uh, Mr. Mendicino, you are on record several times as saying that the very reason for invoking the Emergencies Act was on the request of law enforcement. Which police services said this to you? Which individuals on those police services said this to you? Because we have also on record the RCMP saying, not us. <laughs> we have on record the Ottawa Police Service saying, not us. Who oh who uh, requested this? And if that son of a, you know what, says I have to invoke cabinet privilege? Why? Why would that be a secretive answer? Because he has never offered a name or a police service name, Andrew, in terms of who told him to put that act into place. They really put the worst people in all the higher oh. positions of Trudeau, like worse than anyone else, like zero qualifications for these positions, and they put them in there. So stay tuned to rebelnews.com for that. Let's go through the uh, these paid chats we have, then we'll get to Alex Jones, and then maybe wow. some AOC before we go, if we have time. We got to get to Alex Jones as well. We put it in the title, the title track, as I call it on my show. Okay. Um, <laughs> who are we at here? Uh, Dilbo Beckins says, Chapados and Manzi's best Rebel News tag team. Great ad. Andrew, thank you. Wow. He says, again, we're the best uh, news tag team. Thanks for paying twice. What was your favorite WWF or WWE tag team? Oh, the Hearts. The whole Hart Foundation. But it, Owen Hart was my first favorite wrestler. And it, Bret Hart. You know what? The Hart Foundation, you're right. As a ongoing uh, tag team, I think I agree. It is the Hart Foundation. As a gimmick tag team, 
the rock and sock connection. That's a very good tag team. <laughs> the as rock well. and mankind. I just love the tag, the Attitude Era tag team matches where they're getting so concussed and so hurt all the time. All the ladder matches are great. Um, Adamot, I believe, is how we pronounce this next name for five dollars. We got that one. Adam Ottawa. Okay. okay. Says, unfortunately, we know that it's bra free day for Busty Lemieux <laughs> every day. Also, thanks for the Rocco, the Reco on Soylent Green. Uh, David, actually, I, oh, you recommended Soylent Green to him? Yes. I made a Soylent uh, Green reference. A very eerie and apropos movie. They're eating the people, David. Oh, saw... don't give out the spoiler, but you know Nobody's what? Nobody's gonna go, you're allowed to give out spoilers for movies <laughs> that are 50 plus years old. Yeah, but there are people that were born after they had the cinematic release. That Did you know that Uncle Ben video? dies in Spider-Man? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Aaron Burton 32 for $10 says, keep up the great work, Rebels. Thank you. There's Aaron Burton 32. And by the way, if I may interject about Soylent Green, uh, it is a film that is becoming eerily prescient. It was filmed in 1973. It was uh, based on the novel by uh, Harry Harrison called Make Room, Make Room. It's about the planet under a population explosion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, they got that part right. I mean, uh, to the best of my knowledge, New York City is not 40 million people right now. The thing is, it is set in our current year, folks. Is it? 2022. Mm. And what do we see? We see meal substitutes. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, in uh, I won't, I won't uh, again, repeat the spoiler, but what do we see the WEF and the United Nations um, championing insects. They want us to eat bugs. Um, suicide uh, right. in the 2022 Soylent Green world, it's not only allowed, it's encouraged. In fact, the state will pay the remaining family members a bonus if you get rid of grandpa uh, early so we can help uh, deal with the population crisis. It is absolutely uncanny how much uh, that film got right in terms of our current 2022 uh, given that it was shot way back in 1973. Two Charlton Heston references in one day, only from David <laughs> yes, Menzies. That's right. <laughs> um, let's go to Alex Jones there, asking him to pay almost a billion dollars, David Menzies. Now, you can hate Alex Jones. You can say that he lied about Sandy Hook. You can say whatever you want about him. I don't care. I'm not him. Uh, he was nice to me. I like Alex Jones. Yeah. And But the idea that lying... And perhaps not even on purpose, which I believe he was just, you know, pro uh, what's the word? Not prophesizing, but he was pontificating about what he had heard, what he thought, whatever it was. I don't think he was doing it on purpose. You can argue that he was, even if he was. Let's say, and I don't believe that he was. Let's say you thought he was saying this on purpose. Yeah. Lying on purpose is worth a billion dollars. Justin Trudeau has been proven to lie. Yeah. Uh, this pre multiple press secretary has been proven to lie. This is what I uh, tweeted out yesterday. Former press secretary Jen Psaki mm. was mocking this. And uh, she's the one who was up there pretending that Joe Biden doesn't have any cognitive problems. So she goes up there and lies all the time. I'll circle back with you and never, never get back to you. And she's not charged with anything. Trudeau's not charged with anything. George Bush, New York Times are not charged with anything. Weapons of mass destruction. You can go back to Vietnam. No charges there. Um, what else can we talk about um, that the Democrats or the liberals or even Republicans, whomever you want to talk about, that has lied? Yeah. Provable uh, lies. No. Well said, Andrew. I mean, uh, Pfizer people lie. Oh, they yeah. don't get charged. I think we're still on YouTube. So watch out. Watch where you're Pfizer going there. Lied. Um, you know what? Uh, let me be blunt with you, Andrew. I mean, I do like Alex Jones. I like his spirit. I like his uh, comedic uh, touch. Um, the story he did about Sandy Hook massacre, however, uh, I find repulsive and despicable. Um, that was not a so-called false flag operation. Real children who had real mothers and fathers were massacred at that school. We know that as a matter of fact. I wish, um, I mean, if you want to dredge up conspiracy theories, you know, say that the Apollo uh, 11 moon landing never happened. Uh, I mean, that doesn't, you know, mock the massacre of children here. Having said that, the award uh, is excessive and I'm sure is going to be appealed. As you said, well, it's more than a, a billion dollars in Canadian dollars, certainly. And um, it brings to mind, uh, you know, even before social media and the internet, Andrew, I grew up going to the 
supermarket and you would see all the supermarket tabloids. There's hardly any left anymore. My favorite one was Weekly World News. One of my favorite headlines was Statue of Elvis found on Mars. I mean, you got every, you got so much going on there. But everything about those tabloids, well, almost everything, um, it's kind of like the Frank Magazine comment, uh, you, you know, the editor once said back in the 90s, uh, half the stuff in Frank Magazine is true, except we don't even know which half. But the point is, it was all fabricated uh, nonsense. It, you know, a big part of the Weekly World News wasn't just housewives, but a huge component was uh, college frat boys. Uh, they would buy it and get a laugh out of it. It was kind of like that was the Sacramento Bee of its day. <laughs> the thing is, they dined out on falsehoods, lies, and once in a while, I think, uh, if memory serves, Carol Burnett took the Inquirer uh, to court over allegations, false allegations, as it turned out, that she was drunk at a restaurant. But in any event, um, this is, I think, what you're alluding to, and I agree, it's a slippery slope. If we're going to talk about people being fined a billion dollars for uttering a lie, where do we even start? Especially, as you mentioned, uh, the entire cabinet of uh, Prime Minister Blackface McGroper. Uh, where do we start? Uh, I, like I said, I, I don't see this award standing. I, I see it being uh, drastically reduced on appeal. But the fact that this is happening, especially in the U.S., Andrew, with the land of the First Amendment, it's disturbing. Well, how many times are they going to try to award these people with different amounts of money, like $10 million, $20 million, and now we've jumped up to... Five nine hundred and sixty-five million U.S. So that's a fun time to be alive, and I'm sure they just want to completely end Infowars. Is the problem there? Yeah. But they probably won't be able to do it. I mean, what if, what if he just claims bankruptcy, liquidates everything, and then just starts a new company the next day, and then people just he just says, well, "Everybody, please resubscribe." He'll have no choice. I mean, as as successful as Alex Jones is. I don't think he's got almost no. a billion bucks uh, tucked away in some Swiss bank account. So uh, we'll keep our eye on this story. And by the way, I'm keeping my eye on the clock where, yeah. man, time flies. Let's get to AOC and then we'll do the rest of the chats and we'll okay, call, it a, call it a, I don't know, I don't have any references, a ding dong doodly days, <laughs> Ned Flanders would say or something like that. I don't know Flanders references on this show. Iron helps us play. All right, go ahead. Congresswoman, none of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. Tulsi Gabbard, she's left the Democratic Party because there are some who are hot. Okay? You originally voted, you ran as an outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. You're voting to start a third nuclear war with Russia and China. Why are you playing with the lives of American citizens? You're playing with our lives. There will be no neighbors if there's a nuclear bomb. You voted to mobilize and send money to Ukrainian Nazis. <laughs> You're a coward. You're a progressive socialist. Where are you against the war mobilization? He's telling the right truth. You have done nothing. Tulsi Gabbard has shown guts where you've shown cowardice. I believed in you, and you became the very thing you sought to fight against. That's what you've become. You are the establishment and you are the reason why everybody will end up in a nuclear war unless you choose to stand up right now and denounce the Democratic Party. Will you do that? Yes or no? Okay, simple. Are you going to stop nuclear war? Yes or no? There is no line because this is bullshit. None of this matters if we're all dead. None of it. You know that. Then let's take it up right now because this is the only thing that matters. This is the only thing that matters right now. We could be in a nuclear war at any minute and you continue to fund it. That's what's going on. Why not right now? You're the liar here. Nobody has hold you accountable. That's what's happening. And it is time for you to stand up and realize that what you've been saying has been lies. Let your conscience come through for once. <laughs>
Wow. So that's what happened at the Halton District School Board <laughs> trustee meeting after we got kicked out. Thank and you AOC, so much. AOC doesn't even run away. The I'll Hal give her that. The Halton District School Board is more cowardly <laughs> and insane than AOC. The problem is believing that AOC was going to be not establishment. I mean, she was found through a bunch of people. They hired her through, like, basically an audition process. The yeah. guy who wrote all her speeches and her policies left her short, uh, shortly after she was elected, uh, maybe a year or so. And, of course, she's never going to – she's supposed to be pro-Palestine, but she'll never say anything bad about Israel. She's supposed to be anti-war. She'll always keep funding Ukraine. Um, like, why would you – why did you believe her? If you're not a teenage girl why, or a teenage boy that thinks she's hot, why did you believe her? Mm. I don't know. But, but these are the type of people, it'd be like if I went out every day and was just like, the Ottawa Senators are the best hockey team in the world. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you got a bunch of people who are Senators fans being like, you're not a real fan. These are the people you've, you know, you farmed to be your followers. And now they're just realizing you're a fraud. Like, oh, sorry. By the way, you mentioned she's pro-Palestine. Um, Andrew, what's her position on Narnia and the planet Vulcan? <laughs> Uh, That's what I love about David Matthews. <laughs> He's not willing to adhere to new maps and new districting. Um, David, they're just trying to pay their rent, okay? You know what? Those people in the audience had valid points. And I will say this. Go back to the Donald Trump years, folks, uh, and think of how much more safe the world was. And this was a Republican president who was a dove. He wasn't a war hawk. I mean, he took out some... Uh, real scumbags out there like Soleimani uh, with uh, assassination and made the world better for it. But right now, this is a concern with what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. This could be the catalyst to the next world war. These are terrifying times. We have somebody who is incompetent in the White House and we have somebody like AOC or Ach, as I call her, um, you know, just... Um, being, as that man said, part of the establishment, when he says the establishment, I guess that he's referring to the industrial military complex. And the crooked Democrats that run their party, the uh, Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer's. Mm. Last couple of chats here. Yes, sir. As we hit the one o'clock mark or perhaps 11 a.m. if you're in a different <laughs> Somewhere. province in Alberta. Uh, Sean Marie G83. I'm still, Shauna, you're going to have to tell us what the G83 stands for. I'm going to go with grandma, age 83, but I have no. So kids... I'm going to go with cup size because it is no bra date. <laughs> Anyways, so kids can't wear Halloween costumes. Fun is illegal, but Busty Lemieux wears a costume every freaking day. What a clown show. She also says for another $5, so thank you. Thank My understanding you. with Alex Jones is that he was suggesting that it, uh, Sandy Hook, was an inside job premeditated by the corrupt elite to push. Yeah, that is what he Yeah, that is what he said, but uh, he was wrong. Um... And that's very, it. very nice to talk to you again, David Mendes. Yes, Andrew, it was, it was a, a joy. And I want to say joy. a special thanks to super producer Olivia. And I believe Danny is behind the board. We have oh, another we chat. Have... My apologies. Hold the phone. Please watch my show tonight <laughs> on Rebel News Plus. Okay. We'll have the new format, David, is that I do streeters as well that are extended version on the show to go along with my bonus segments of the podcast portion of the show, which you were a part of. So if you want to see David Menzies be interviewed as Busty Lemieux, <laughs> you'll have to subscribe to Rebel News Plus because that won't be on the free version. Well, you know, and I'm looking at your swank news set. It reminds me of the Menzoid Man Cave back in the Sun News days. Um, I think somebody tore that down immediately and put it up on eBay. Before now you know where it went, like uh, <laughs> Kramer with the, uh, what's the, the TV the show? Merv Griffin the Merv Griffin show. <laughs> um, do we have another one? I don't have it here. No? Okay. Oh, false alarm. <laughs> that's going to be a billion dollars, Olivia. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go to, I believe that's Alan Honor, lawyer for the Democracy Fund, if I'm getting my names and my places right. I'm surprised I remembered that, frankly. Yeah, um, Ottawa Commission going on. Please go to Rebel News for that. David Menzies, play us out, please. Yes, what a wonderful legal eagle Alan Honor is. So, folks, I want to thank you for tuning in. A special thank you to all of those who were so generous with those uh, Super Chat donations. It's how we keep the lights on. Thank you to uh, Olivia and Danny, and thank you to my co-host. Clark Kent, be... I believe you called me. <laughs> yes, well, you're doing the glass. Hey, Clark, where'd you go? I um, found a phone booth. There will be two other uh, Rebel News uh, journalists here tomorrow. Pilots. At 12 noon Eastern. 
And in the meantime, as always, folks, stay sane. Don't call me. My name is Alan Honor, and I am the litigation director for the Democracy Fund. The Democracy Fund is a registered charity and a civil liberties organization. As you've heard, we're sharing standing with the JCCF and with Citizens for Freedom. Our interest in this inquiry arises from our legal work. In February of 2022, we sent lawyers to Ottawa and to Windsor to provide demonstrators with legal information about their rights when protesting, as well as the limitations of those rights. Around the same time, we were granted intervener status as a friend of the court at the Superior Court of Justice in, the Win- in Windsor over the Ambassador, Ambassador Bridge injunction proceeding. Currently, we represent dozens of persons who have been criminally charged in relation to the protests at Ottawa, Windsor, and Coots. And we represent thousands of others who have been charged under the Quarantine Act or provincial offenses related to the pandemic. We've also brought applications between, before superior courts and the Federal Court of Canada challenging laws related to the pandemic. Our objective is to participate in the fact-finding process of this inquiry, particularly as it relates to uncovering the truth about why the federal government invoked a public order emergency and how they used their powers. From our perspective, the government did not meet the requisite legal grounds to invoke a public order emergency for the same reasons you heard from Council for the Freedom Corps. It follows that the extraordinary measures the government invoked were therefore inappropriate and indeed outside their jurisdiction. Our questions and our submissions will focus on these central issues. Thank you.